Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, morning, good night, and salutations, possums, in a shocking turn of events. Mr. Billy Manzel is going to do your intro today. Billy, let him have it. It's good to be here, fellas. And I wanted to, to commandeer the intro to this year's podcast to tell everyone out there the ballad of one Bacon Baker Reagan Mayfield. Bacon, Reagan, Bacon, Mayfield. Reagan. I Bacon, know, I, Bacon, I Reagan. his middle and his first name together to make Bacon, Bacon Mayfield. Um, he was released by the Panthers, hashtag keep pounding. Um, no longer pounding, unfortunately, for Mr. Baker Mayfield. Um, they have decided to go in the Sam Darnold, PJ Walker direction. And I just, I just want to say goodbye to the end of an era. Like this was, you know something that brought great joy to my heart. I vowed when he got drafted into the NFL that I was going to own every Baker Mayfield jersey through his entire path of his career. And we have just now discovered what links that will stop at because now that he is on the Los Angeles Rams, I will not be buying a jersey. He was claimed on waivers and picked up. And I I can't do it. I cannot bring myself to own four weeks of a Baker Mayfield St. Louis Rams jersey. It's just, it's pathetic. It's sad. And I just, for one time, for the one time, got to hit this sounder. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Now, while he will probably get a couple of looks towards the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, he won't. Believe, it's hard. Can you let me get the joke off, Josh, for the love of God? Sorry, my bad. <laughs> All right, well, stepping on the jokes aside, while he will get a few looks for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they may be in some ancillary positions such as custodian. Maybe he'll work the front desk at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But... Nevertheless, he may make it there one day, and I am not giving up hope that he will get some kind of position, maybe on the board, um, something. So, guys, will that's you, how will I want you to buy a Hall of Fame like polo with his name on it. Yeah, he, uh, cost yeah. to make it. Yeah, I I would love to have a gold jacket sent to his house, maybe um, in L.A. or whatever. It would be good. But guys, it's just. He's been my big, my best, my favorite player for, you know, the better part. One of my five. favorite players. It's actually, since probably 2015. So it's like seven years. And to see him go out in the blaze of glory like this is just glory. Is, this, is a strong word to even say it in this. It's just the word to use in the I think phrase. Simon and Garfunkel said it best. But I do think that you have to buy a Rams jersey. Yeah, I think you're nuts. a Stan Kroenke fan now. It's four weeks, John. You have to do it's it. It's really tough for you me have to, to do put it. down the amount of money. It will literally be like $40 per week that he's not even playing. He might not even be playing this week. I just can't. I if you buy it from China, it won't even make it in time before he's sitting. Oh, yeah. For factual, it won't. He'll be a free agent by not the end of the season, and I will have had this jersey that won't even be useful. Not um, that we would ever buy any any jerseys from China, only NFL uh, scheduled apparel on this yep, kind of show. NFL.com yeah. or Fanatics, which is yeah. a partner of the NFL. One of those two. That's so, the only way that we use get our promo jersey. code keep pounding. Hashtag keep pounding. <laughs> uh, real quick, I want to talk about your uh, jersey selection, which, uh, which if you guys watch our YouTube videos, which there will be a video up there soon. So go watch some of that, at least the most recent one, which will come out probably on Friday or Saturday. Uh, he does have 
three Baker Mayfield jerseys behind him right now. And I like how he broke it up with Gilgis Alexander because he didn't feel comfortable putting the 666 in a row. I missed yeah, we the did. 666 podcast. We tried it was... one time. It it just brought a weird energy. So, um, yeah, I had to break, break it up with the Shady Gilgis Alexander jersey, which, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder, I felt it just, you know, kind of made the entire, you know, Jersey collection. No, it was a good. It was a good choice. I really appreciate. I think we you doing kind of that. fed off of that in energy, though. The six six six, like it was nasty. It was grimy, and it was a good pod. I like. Are you wearing a Purdy wrong. jersey right now? Did you buy a Purdy jersey already? Is that what that it is? It would be hilarious. Actually, I think this is either Alex Smith or Alden Smith. I can't remember which one. Uh, probably Alex Smith. He was number one, one of those Smith. two. Um, but yeah, sadly enough, my Baker Mayfield is now a Los Angeles Ram for at least four weeks. I want to talk about. Uh, this as well, um, not because I like Baker Mayfield or anything, but I think it's hilarious that the Rams trying to appease their very limited fan base had to make this move to at least stay competitive and put butts in the seats per se. Um, technically, they do still have a shot at the playoffs, which is the reason they made this move. If they were eliminated, I understand that it's a, a tall Josh, order. Josh, if they were eliminated Josh. right now already, they would not make this move. They made this move to block San Francisco from getting him. Absolutely not. They did it because they have to, they don't have a fan base. Their fan base is already dead. And to put up the worst performance after a Super Bowl, they had to go get a Baker Mayfield or someone with name value. You know why they got Wooford and all this other garbage. You want to know why they actually did this? Like the real actual reason. Um, If he is signed next season, they get a compensatory pick and so it was basically like paying a million dollars for a draft pick because the Rams don't have any draft picks. Also, so a bold strategy. If he, is, if he is signed in the offseason, the Rams get a compensatory pick. Is he going to be draft. signed is the question. There's a lot of good free agent quarterbacks. There's a, also a lot of bad I don't think he's going to be right – he's not going to be picked up as a starter, but he's probably going to be picked up as a backup. Now, what that means for your – team i have no idea like maybe it's a mickey blanco situation where he just reappears suddenly and has like a couple no, of good no, no, no. Gino games, smith but... situation exactly no, no, no. Gino's been smith on the bench for seven situation. years and exactly yeah, but the back. problem is is most likely that doesn't happen i just well, want you to get get it out of your head obviously that get is it out of your head billy scenario. you're sitting there like you might come back one day he's not you're the one that said the rams claimed him so they could make a playoff run like that's not no the no no. i didn't say ever. they made it to make a playoff run i said they did it to keep fans in the seats and to keep a fan base because no their fan base fans. is already very limited they, all right well whatever motivations the rams may have billy you got some news for us man what you got yeah, well, that was obviously news story number one. Um, moving on to number two, Jimmy G is officially out for the rest of the season. He could have returned for the playoffs, but for fantasy football, that doesn't matter. Brock Purdy is in, guys. What are we doing to temper expectations, or are we ex- you know, level-setting a little bit of these expectations of Brock Purdy in this offense? Brock Purdy didn't look terrible in the game. I mean, it was 25 for 37. I mean, he threw the ball quite a bit. It wasn't great. But it definitely wasn't bad. I mean, he did throw an interception. Um, he looks like he can be a game manager, honestly. Yeah, he's definitely a good game manager. The supporting cast around him is going to make him viable no matter what. So you could do far worse in a super flex two quarterback league to pick him up and play him, especially with the buys. I mean, this week we're kind of going through it with the buys. So if you need a spot start here, you could do it. You have massive balls to start him with any playoff implications in your league, but I've seen crazier things done. Yeah. And, and- my, my biggest worry for San Francisco is now that he has a week of tape out there that maybe people are going to pick up a little bit on how he operates. And, you know, sometimes the backup quarterback comes in and they can just kind of surprise the team because they were preparing for one thing the entire week. And then now they got something they have never seen before. But I think, you know, I think we're going to have to kind of see exactly who I think, he is this week. I think Joe said it best, though. I mean, the supporting cast is perfect. And honestly, Jimmy G wasn't doing a whole lot out there other than game managing anyway. I mean, he had a couple big games, a couple 300 yarders, and then that four touchdown performance. But in reality, I mean, who's to say any half decent? I don't think anyone expected Purdy to be good by any means, but any half decent quarterback who ironically is awesome that he's Mr. Irrelevant and he gets to be that guy right now and show that he's worth something. Um, I think it's like, it's a Nick Foles situation. It's like, there's going to be some rough weeks, but this is all training for the playoffs right now. And hopefully they ride it out. I mean, they don't have many other options as we've seen. He gets a tough matchup right off the bat with 
So, I mean, if anyone's going to scout him and kind of figure out what he does, Tampa Bay's defense actually matches up extraordinarily well with San Francisco. But I don't know. You got Debo still kind of hobbled. AX looking good, kind of having a mini breakout. Kittle's obviously who he is and McCaffrey. So, literally on every play, he's going to have someone to get the ball to. And I don't see how that would hold him back too much. He's no Trevor Simeon. That's the truth. Um, I stole this from Twitter, so I'll end on this joke. Um, at first we had Big Dick Nick. Now we have Big Cock Brock, and that Oof, is the way San Francisco is going to go out this season. Dirty right. party, baby. The thing is, Purdy doesn't have the benefit of being able to like sit in that number one seed and like be able to coast. He actually does have to win some games here. I mean, him, yeah, like they're they're one game ahead of some people right now, and they're not. I mean, it's 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 going to be their division is imploding. So I, you know, unfortunate. Um, all right, on to number three, and I'm going to allow the Eagles fan here to take a little bit of a victory. The Titans GM has been fired after making what we all thought at the time was a boneheaded trade. I think it's a little ridiculous to fire him the week after the trade, like, you know, gets to play each other. But Josh, I think your Eagles might have gotten the Titans GM fired. I just think it's hilarious that like, what were you expecting? Like not the whole AJ Brown trade. You did this. You knew what you did when you did it. But like, why fire him after AJ Brown torches you? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make like any a, sense. It's like spitting on somebody's grave, man. It's just dirty. <laughs> dirty. I was going to say, something. I loved that tweet that was like, uh, they fired the guy who made this decision after AJ Brown torched him, basically. I and think I was that's like, how all firings should happen. It's, it's like, like the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> look, you're in the up. ass. Like, you know. But like I, I think it. you said, Billy, like they were, they're still the division lead right now. They still have like, I mean, we're the one seed in the AFC last year. Like, wow. Like to be fair, in, are these? in reality, what is the GM doing right now at this point, other than planning for the future? And if there's no future for him, what does it matter? I mean, they're not the GM. I, I, I don't know what the GM does on a day-to-day basis, but I assume it's trying to get people in and out the door and getting contracts on the table. So I get it. Like, it's just like, this doesn't affect us right now. We're still going to make our playoff run and hopefully we'll do better because that was pretty embarrassing. Hopefully Traylon well, Burks is okay too. That another was problem dirty. is they have not hit on any of their draft picks for the last like four seasons, like the first and second round picks. Like if you go through the list of names, it's like none of them have, you know, obviously Traylon Burks, we can't really count him just yet. But like they had Roger McCreary this season who hasn't really been anything. But in the past couple of years, like there's not really been anybody to make any impact out onto the field. And I think that's probably what's hurt him more than anything. But he's still made some pretty incredible signings. He's gotten some guys that, you know, we thought were done with their career, turned it around. I, I just don't – I don't know, man. I feel like there's there's teams out there that could use John Robinson right now to at least get their team back on track. Honestly, going back to like 2017, the only people I'm seeing that are worth a damn are a couple a couple linebackers in 2018, Evans and Landry, and then 2019, AJ Brown and Jeffrey Simmons. The other ones are pretty much no names or I know them and I'm just like, yeah, that didn't work. He's yeah. missed on a lot of first rounders recently. It, so, And I think that this year kind of just capped off like bad decision making because like obviously they trade AJ Brown, who is a all-time receiver for Traylon Burks, who could be there at some point in time, but he is just not quite there yet. I just, that's the thing though, is we see this every year. Rookies don't do it year one every time. Like, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be fine. I mean, also they really need to figure out their quarterback situation because Tannehill's looked really bad, but at the same time, that Burks held onto that ball while he was completely unconscious. 100% concussed. Yeah. That man absolutely respect the hell out of that. He's going to also, publicly apologize for that i was like that's not a dirty hit and i was it was it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad i was that beat up like no 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 that was that was this that was his chest it was definitely oh, jesus um yeah Real okay on to number four and i'm so glad to announce this story but odell officially probably isn't playing this football season and thank god it's over thank god the cowboys like decided to leak out the report that he might not be available to play this season. So like now we can just shut up about Odell Beckham. Like, thank God. He's still rostered in 30% of leagues. Like it's ridiculous. That's, that's an ESPN. So like, that's not dynasty for the most part. Like, yeah, Do you have a keeper. I mean, league he tore the same guess? ACL, didn't he? I, yeah. Like within, so. within like four months of being back originally. I, so 
No, I thought he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he originally oh, uh, being, oh of coming back from yeah 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 so, it's not it's not pretty bad. and he hasn't been like a fantasy star since 2019 so i mean it's just hard to say like he's going to come back from this acl injury gracefully and the fact that he was like not going to work out for anyone like i love how the cowboys were like so you're not going to work out and he's like no and they're like well no then like we're not going to sign you if you're not going to like actually show us what you got and he's like oh yeah i'm not there yet and it's like why the hell did we hype you up for fucking four weeks? Like, why is everyone talking about you for no reason then? Sure, there could yeah. be a playoff. He could come back for the playoffs or something. And I've actually already seen the Eagles linked to him. And I'm like, shut up. Stop this. Sirianni pretty much shut it down. So, No. And I'm just, thank God. Thank you. And, I, and of course, today he tweets out a chess piece. Like, he's playing chess, not checkers or some bullshit. And it's just like, sh- just shut up, man. You just <laughs> stop. Up. It's over. Like, at least for mm-hmm. fantasy purposes. What type of chess piece was it? Uh, it was a pawn, which is funny was, enough. That's hilarious. But, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's fantasy players out there, just drop Odell. Unless you're in a keeper league, and even then, he's going to be 32 next season, and he wants a multi-year contract. Like, I, he thinks he's Deshaun Jackson, apparently. Sometimes you just need to know when it's time to, to hang it up, and I think Odell might be reaching that point. He's it's just a money grab at this point and a and a ring grab, hopefully, for him. So Yes it is. All right. I don't blame him in the least. On to number five, and we're gonna play the conspiracy corner music. All right. All right, guys. Here is the conspiracy corner for this week. I didn't prep you all on this one. I think Tom Brady is going to go back to the New England Patriots this offseason. I saw something about that. I I don't know. No. The breadcrumbs have been laid, my friends. So here's elaborate. The, here's the thing. Here's why I'm connecting. Like, here's the dots, and here's why I'm connecting. All right. So Brady, as we know, as it's been publicized, and I'm not it's not me making this joke. Everybody's made this joke. He doesn't have a family anymore. Where does Brady have a family? In New England where everyone loves Tom Brady, including Robert Kraft, who, by the way, if we forget earlier this season, he skipped out on a walkthrough to go to his wedding. So clearly they're still tight and on good terms. Oh, he's getting I married at his age. That's disgusting. Robert Kraft. Oh yeah, exactly. But was it Robert one of Kraft, the hookers from the, I mean, the massage parlor? <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. I don't believe so. Actually. I think he had another, you know, I think that was on the side. Anywho, I think that this is all building up to a Brady one last run. Belichick saw what it's like not having Brady. Brady saw what it's like not having Belichick. They've all, you know, they've done their little dance out with each other. And I think Brady goes home to New England to officially, you know, end his career there on the note that every Patriots fan wishes that he would. So I think the groundwork has been laid. And I think that this is going to happen this offseason. No chance. I don't like this for any reason. Like, I, I, there, every Patriots fan ever will never shut up about this. Like, we've already listened to Patriots fans, and we get to watch them cringe while Mac Jones is out there. I do not want to see even a bad Tom Brady back on the Patriots because they'll be like, yeah, well, we, we might be able to win the Super Bowl. They'd be like seven and five, and they'll be like, yeah, they're the, they're the front runner for the Super Bowl right now. And I, I just no news outlet will shut up about it. It'll be Odell for the last three weeks, but the entire damn season. And Brady will say he's retiring at the end of that year too. And he won't. And then we'll just have another year of it. And I, I just, I'm over it. I'm, the over team's it. I'm not-, not built to support Tom Brady. And unless they just completely overhaul that entire team, they're not. But do you know where else Tom Brady has family, his hometown right outside of San Francisco? No, no. Which does have a defense set up they're not for gonna, Tom Brady. They're not going to quit on Trey Lance. If, if they punt and say that they've made a mistake with Trey Lance, I think Kyle Shanahan may just stop playing. But you like bring maybe, in the GOAT? I mean, maybe just bails. I actually could see that because they'll have McCaffrey under wraps, and I think Tom Brady would actually take a relative pay cut because the man's not hurting for money. If anything, he's probably going to get money from Giselle in the divorce settlement because she's a billionaire too. Uh, but, I mean, in general, like, that makes the most sense. He's not going to go to a team that isn't built to win a championship. San Francisco is built to win a championship. And yeah, i sure they have Garoppolo for another year and they have Trey Lance for, I don't know how many more times we're going to keep throwing him out there and hoping that it's for the best, but 
He's got three more years. Well, he's got two years and uh, an option. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be the new Josh Rosen. <laughs> the new Josh Rosen. We haven't even seen him play bad. We just haven't really seen him play. I haven't seen him play good either. Ah. Hmm. What a point I... by Josh. How many how many games has he played? If this was that one, one. show on Sports Center, yeah, I'd get a ding, and it's great. Uh, I think he's played two actually. It was one per season. Or no, he actually didn't play this season, did he? Yeah, he, he played, played half a game this season. Yeah, he played. He played a full game against the Bears. Uh, threw mm-hmm. for 164 yards, ran for 50. That was, well, that was the rain. That was the rain. Okay, game. that game was yeah. that was the Dante super Pettis impressive. Game. And then he played against Arizona one game, and he threw for 192 yards and an interception, and ran for 80, 80 yards. So and that's where he broke his foot, right? And that's where he broke his yeah. foot. So, yeah, so that was a pretty good game. You can't bring up that rain game. Okay, well he's played two games and he hasn't won. So they're not going to give up all of these draft picks for this and then bail on him. There's just no way. I don't, I don't, they don't have to Tom bail on him. It's game. Tom Brady's last run one game, one year. And then Trey Lance gets fully healthy again. Hopefully yeah, let him learn year. under the goat, Billy. Okay. I, if you, only that, Baker would have. That one sounds crazier like that. than the Patriots to me, to be honest, but fair enough. I'm, I, I know I'm wearing the 49ers jersey. So Brady's just not like going to go to a team that's not built to win a championship. And even if they tried, I don't think they'll be able to buy enough think, pieces. I, are the Pats that far away? I don't think so. They're yeah. like a quarterback yeah. away. No, they're wide receivers away, too. They're a defense away. And a defense. Well, a defense is okay, but it's not great. It's not. Yeah. They need it's a couple good. pieces on defense, they need a wide receiver at least. They have the tight ends built for Brady. Maybe that's where they're like, hey, we got Hunter Henry and John Luke. <laughs> come back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Well, San Francisco is a fun topic, but let's move on to the YouTube segment of the week. And that is we are doing top 12 dynasty tight ends. So before we even get to our list, because I know that everyone out there, you've had a tight end this year. You probably have not played the right one in the right week, or the person on your bench has been going off while the player person that you thought was going to be a stud, Kyle Pitts, it has not quite been cutting it. We get it. The, the position itself, guys, like it's kind of a nightmare scenario. And I think there, there may be a lot of discussions in the fantasy space this offseason about maybe combining the tight end position with like a flex position. Um, you guys in favor of something like that? Or do you think we should just keep it pure like it's always been? Honestly, keep it, man. I like everyone's I, suffering. I, I think it's the same thing with the kicker and blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it's not this. It's not that. Why, why not? They're part of the game. And I mean, it's not like there's not options there. If anything, there's multiple options on teams now. So it actually makes it a little bit more challenging. But I thought this was going to be a lot harder to put this list together. But honestly, I... I went through this like a breeze. I was like, oh, there's actually a lot more tight ends than I thought out there. But a lot of these people are injured or just not playing well, and it's not their year at this moment. I mean, I.E. Kyle Pitts is both of those things. So, I think you can yeah. either do tight end premium, which some people have adapted to and it works, or you could just totally take the train off the rails and do two tight end slots and completely F up your league. Ooh, that seems interesting. We should do a two that, tight end league next week. That next year. does seem chaotic in the best way i really want to do a two tight end league i love some chaos in my life we'll kick it around um but as a whole just before we did the list we felt like we needed to mention that like yes tight end has been kind of a hellscape this year in particular but you know the quarterbacks for the example have been kind of a hellscape for a little bit of the season um you know people keep blaming kickers for you know i've got people blaming defenses which by the way this is why you play idp so people don't screw you over with defenses this year. You know, there's always been a complaining point, but tight end has been particularly finicky this season. So we're going to start right at the top. We each made a list, and we um, – actually, we're not going to start at the top. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way down. So first player at number 12 on this list is Trey McBride from the Arizona Cardinals. Now I hear you all out there. He is not done – 
really anything this season to make anyone think that he is going to be something in the future. But here is the thing. A, he was an amazing player in college. Colorado State coming out, caught 1,100 yards worth of balls there, and was an amazing prospect coming in. The problem was when he got drafted to the Cardinals, Zach Ertz already existed. Zach Ertz is still a good tight end in the league. Um, so there was really no use for Trey McBride just yet. And when he got hurt, we thought Trey McBride would slot right in and take over the position and then end up looking like Isaiah likely did for a couple weeks where we just like, Oh, this is, this guy's coming. And it just hasn't quite flourished. However, we have not given up hope. So I actually, just to heads up here, we all put him pretty decently. Um, I think we were like 11, 11, 12 on him. Um, 11, 12, 12, my apologies. I had him the highest, um, and I had Zach Ertz right behind him. And I understand Zach Ertz is a little older, but at the same time, Zach Ertz is on contract next year and potentially the year following. So Trey McBride, a bit of a stretch to put on here because of the fact that Ertz will be there next year. Um, and this is more of a futures thing. Um, so hopefully if you have Trey McBride, you're not sitting there like needing him right this moment. But this is his time to shine. He, he gets a chance to show something, especially – if they can make a little bit of a run here and maybe potentially make it into the playoffs, maybe Trey McBride will be a playoff machine. Um, it's a stretch for them to make the playoffs at this point though, too. So really just need to show something at the end of the season here. Um, I think that we all saw Trey McBride and we were a little bummed to see him go to the Cardinals though. So we were absolutely bummed to see him go to the Cardinals. He is an absolute stud. I mean, the way I see it, Ertz's contract. I mean, he's on kind he's 32. He's in contract till he's 36, I believe. And it's a pretty big contract. If Cliff gets fired or if Kyler gets traded or something, which I think all those options are on the table, um, I think Ertz is probably out the door in some I, he way or can't, they, they can't cut him next year is the problem. Well, they like, can't cut him, but, I mean, something to do. They cannot use him, but they're not going to waste $14 million on a tight end that they're paying that much either. So Right, and I totally understand that. But Trey McBride, I can see him working his way into a prominent role sooner rather than later. So I think they could very well use him. I mean, you have Marquise as a field stretcher, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, kind of a, you know, field stretcher slash, you know, jump ball specialist. And then you have these two guys, which you could use Trey McBride and Zach Ertz over the middle. Like it's, I don't, it's true. They can both be used at the same time. Why not? Like, I, I just like, this is what I don't understand about the NFL. And I'm sure NFL purists are like, well, you're raising their fists. Yelling two at clouds. Yeah, you two tight ends. What do you think this is? The New England Patriots of twenty eleven? But like I don't see why we can't. It's a matchup nightmare. I I, I don't know. Maybe also Hopkins and uh freaking Marquise Brown on each side of them too. The four of them together can make a, a great pairing and we will see some Trey McBride. Yes. It just might be we might have to wait a little bit. Like please, Arizona Cardinals. This is his chance to go get him an offensive coordinator that can actually like use these weapons to their advantage. Like I just this should be like the Chiefs at this point. Like, good lord! Like, whatever. I, I, Cliff is the first player or first coach I want fired this offseason. And there's a couple others I think need to be fired, but Cliff needs to be number one. Can we get Nathaniel right. Hackett the hell out of there, please? Well, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett um, is definitely you can't hack it. out there. You can't hack it. All right, on to number eleven. Speaking of potentially fired coaches, on to number eleven, David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns. Joe, you want to talk about Mr. Njoku? Yeah. Um, David Njoku, one, he's an absolute monster of a human, 6'4", 246. He's 26 years old, and uh, they just got a guy named Deshaun Watson back who has shown us in the past that he is an all-star caliber quarterback. Njoku is going to be tied to him. He had a mini breakout this year that Kyle – awesomely called i did not see it happening but uh i think he's just going to continue to be more and more involved in this offense going forward as they mold into what we think the cleveland browns were going to be before the season you get amari cooper on the outside nick chubb on there you see people jones breaking out so this offense is really starting to kind of come together and if we can get watson to play like he did two years ago you're getting a Really good tight end tied to a really good quarterback for a long time. And that's what we want in Dynasty. I don't mean to keep playing Mr. Negative. I promise it gets better after this. But <laughs> I will say the only downfall to Njoku right now is Watson has not historically utilized his tight ends very well. So I will, I do. I would like to see what's going to happen. I don't believe he did. He play last week or did he get injured during the game? No, he did not play last week. Maybe Hopkins is just a tight end killer. Maybe that's what we're seeing. 
And maybe that's the maybe that's the problem. We don't know. We 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 haven't seen Watson play, and he obviously did not look good. Check more for our game previews. We'll chat about him soon. Um, but I, I I mean, it's just we'll we'll see with Njoku. I mean, Kyle was right. I didn't even. I was like top ten tight end my ass, and here he is. He looks phenomenal. I think he's a top five, which is a little bit of a stretch. Well, no, he, he was he said top eight, and had he been healthy the entire season, he would have been a top eight tight end. Like he's I mean, number twelve right now. Yeah, that's um, fair. But. I think the Njoku thing, like the only part I'm curious with is a, I think Stefanski is going to be gone after the season. So that means probably a new offensive coordinator will be getting put in there. Um, And then Harrison Bryant is decent. Like he is a player that is going to steal some work from Njoku. Not that he is deserved, but Harrison Bryant is usable some weeks when he's, you know, and Joku's not out there, for example, or it's just, you know. I thought the same thing. He caught situations. one ball last week. I played him last week thinking that there'd be something. He, but once again, Watson. I was about to say, last week I think we can just scratch off. It was not a good game for any player on the Cleveland Browns offense. But nevertheless, there we go. That's two coaches that are going to get fired in, in, I think, in 11 and 12 there. So let's go on to. You know, a third coach he, that's going to be fired. No, 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 come on now. This is a bright young future in this player. Number 10, we have Cole Komet with the Chicago Bears. So I'm, I'm going to take this, Joe. You, we'll let you get into this in a second. But I will say one thing about Cole Komet. This was exciting for all of us. Uh, third, second year in the year, it feel, it, it's in the league, it seems like it's like the third or fourth. I feel like I've been waiting on this breakout forever. Um it is just really nice. I guess this is his third year of the year. It's too experienced. Uh, looked phenomenal. And even Fields, who's not throwing the ball, but like 18 times, is finding Cole Komet. He's getting touchdowns. He's getting targets. He's getting yards. He's doing it all. And this also comes down to the fact that they don't really have a whole lot of wide receivers. So uh, look for Cole Komet to just smash this. He is tight end five on the year. And I think we've been waiting for this. We've been preaching this for weeks and years and probably even longer than anyone else has even thought about the name Cole Komet, uh, mainly due to Joe. Thanks for turning me on to Cole Komet. Anything you want to add here, bud? I mean, this he continues the long list of Notre Dame tight ends that have had a ton of success in the NFL. The Bears are going to add. They're going to have a better line next year. They have a ton of cap space. They have draft picks for once. So this team's growing. The Chicago Bears are a team you want to be acquiring right now because of the fact that everyone's off of him on that one. So the biggest thing with Cole Komet that we've seen this year is he is being used in the red zone heavily. He's he's a big part of the offense down there, and I don't see that changing even with different wide receivers out there. I mean, we definitely need improvement at wide receiver, but Cole Komet, I mean, another monster of a target in the red zone. I see that continuing. Get him now. Well, I mean, and here's the thing, and honestly, we, we may be too low on Cole Komet by the time it's all said and done, but like – they just adapted what Baltimore is doing with Lamar and Mark Andrews. And they just, I mean, it's not the exact same, but it's similar ish as far as like how to utilize commit in the offense. And it's worked out swimmingly as long as fields has been out there and healthy and playing the whole game. So, I mean, I don't see why this, this probably is just the beginning of what could be a very good long career for commit and a very useful fantasy asset. And at 10, that's, I mean, he should probably be higher. I think we can all admit. Uh, yeah, we all had him pretty evenly, 10, 10, and 11. So, I mean, it's, I, I think it's just, let's see what the Bears do first his, before we his start ceiling, getting I think, too is higher than 10. That's no, his ceiling's I mean. absolutely higher. Oh, 100%. There's a lot of good tight ends further down on this list too. So yeah, it does, it does, it does get a lot better. 11 and 12, where I wouldn't say stretches, but it's like, you know, we're bottom of the barrel or top of the barrel at the very least. So, that's for sure. All right, on to number nine, and that is Greg Dolchich of the Denver Broncos. Um, I'll, I'll take this one because it's unfortunate that he is put with Russell Wilson. Um, his rookie season has gone better than we expected, but it's almost like had we seen him with a better quarterback, I think he would be an absolute monster this season. His receiving has been steady for the whole times. His snaps have been up, and every time they – go after and actually utilize Greg Dolchich in the offense. It seems like he is the bright spot among all of the disappointment at wide receiver position. Greg Dolchich 
is a guy that you can use. And I think going forward, they're going to have to find ways to put him in the offense. It was never Albert O. PFF tried their hardest to make him a top five dynasty tight end. But here we have Greg Dolchich, an actual top 10 dynasty tight end for Denver. It just was never going to be Albert O. Yeah, this is one of those guys that we just didn't know about. Nobody thought that Dolchich was going to be the guy. I mean, he was just one of those bottom of the dynasty draft tight ends that you grab and stash and put on your taxi squad. Fortunately, that was me in a couple leagues, and I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, no, Dolchich, he looks phenomenal. And like you said, whenever he's out there and actually getting targets, I mean, yeah, there's a little lull in his season. He started basically week six, had three straight good weeks after the bye. I don't know what happened i don't know what happens in the broncos locker room at all i don't know what happened that week i don't know if they took off went on a boat like the giants they, did don't, one they time. don't know what's happening in the exactly but they came room. back to it last week eight targets and he looked like he deserved all of them and probably more so yeah i mean dolchich is one of those guys you got him like you said bottom of the barrel basement value and he's only going to get more and he looks just absolutely awesome with the long hair running down the field it yes. is going to be interesting to see if Wilson and, and Judy and Sutton and when Tim Patrick's back, how that all works out. If Wilson does take another step with this offense, if they get the backfield figured out, there's a lot going on here, but uh, Dolchich is definitely um, uh, going to be a big piece going forward. I'm just happy to see Russ actually using a tight end. It felt like when he was in Seattle, he always was not, not using the tight end, but maybe not utilizing them to their best of their ability where, this no, he, Jimmy, he, Jimmy he killed Jimmy talk. Graham's career. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, okay. Well, I wasn't going to say it out loud, but yes, he killed Jimmy Graham's career after a very promising start with the Saints. But, you know, we, we don't hold grudges here on OP. I mean, we kind of do, but we don't really. So on to number eight, and that is the Cowboys tight end. Dak Prescott's, you know, favorite, one of his this favorite is targets. Yes, it's his, probably his best friend in the locker room, and that is eight, Dalton Schultz. So Dalton Schultz with Dak Prescott is maybe arguably like could be in the conversation other than Kelsey, the number, the number two tight end in the league. I mean, it's ridiculous how much he gets the ball. Uh, and, and honestly, they haven't really needed to use him that much this year. So that what he's done since he's come back has been one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean, it's wild to see him at tight end 19 after missing almost half the year. Um, I think he'd easily he'd easily be in the top 10 if he were in the whole year and he could have been further, but I mean, Dak was out as well. So that didn't help anything, but even his first game uh, with Dak, it's just, you see the difference between Dak and then without, it's just not the same. So obviously also got injured there, but I still think he was holding out just until Dak got back at that point. Yeah. Dalton Schultz could easily be higher on this list. Uh, the Cowboys offense as a whole. I mean, we assume they're going to add a wide receiver, they're so good, and if they somehow get better, you just worry about how much they're going to be able to use Dalton Schultz going forward in the future. Here, so um, yeah, he's all, if you got him on your team, you're very happy. Yeah, he is I, think the one, I think one of these next maybe two or three seasons, he'll probably have a top five tight end finish, and whoever takes him in their uh redraft leagues, I mean, you're going to have a league winner here because he's just hasn't you know quite had that season like you know the season that we're we're thinking of of him being you know the all an all-time tight end season but i think it's coming and that's why i have him ranked this high because i just believe you know that there is a season coming here where he's going to make an argument for like is Dalton schultz like you know a top tight end in the league like i think it's gonna the conversation's coming yeah. yeah, you actually do have him higher than all of us. I had him at seven. Joe had him at nine. You had him at five. So we're all we all love Dalton Schultz, just varying degrees. This is one of the ones where we kind of we start differing once we get closer to the top. Well, Dak, if, if, if I didn't know that he was Dak Prescott's best friend, then I wouldn't have put him that high. But it seems like he is it clearly isn't CD, even though, you know, he's begun to use CD in an appropriate way. But, you know, we can clearly tell earlier in the season they were not best friends. So. On to number seven, and probably a personal favorite of this podcast for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers tied in Patty Fryermuth. So I'm, I'm going to hop in on Patty F. Uh, just watch this dude play football. He he has – the offense isn't there. Kenny Pickett's not there yet. We saw an end of the career Roethlisberger last year. This guy is not even approached what his ceiling could be. I would say that he maybe has a Kelsey-like ceiling just the way he plays and his size and his speed out there. So 
this is more the reason I have them as high as I do is I just want to put an exclamation mark on the fact that you need to put on your calendars that you need to acquire this dude in the offseason. And really, I think the breakout's coming. Uh, he's 24, only room for growth here. It just just watch him play. That's my only thing. Go back and watch his tape, guys. It is ridiculous. Completely agree. During the draft, if you got Dolchich and you want Freermuth, throw Dolchich in like a third or second out there. See what you can get. Like, I mean, you can you can package some things together, and people people don't know what they have in Freermuth, especially when they see those touchdown numbers being lower this year. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of touchdowns being scored on Pittsburgh as a whole, but not to mention the fact that it's just, I mean, this man is a monster, and he's going to continue to get better. You see him as tight end four right now uh, in PPR, and it's going to continue. Well, and, and tied in, you know, tied in four in PPR, and that's with only scoring one touchdown this entire season. If you exactly. imagine even if he had four or five, maybe even six touchdowns, we're talking like a top two tight end in the league maybe. Well, I'm probably not above Andrews, but eh, maybe that's- with an injury. I don't know. But I just point-wise, what you're going to get from Patty Fryermuth is very consistent, and that that is really what you're after in this position um, going forward, I think. I Like, gone are the days, I think, that – there's going to be five or six like receiving tight ends that you just have to like sell out for to get to the top of your draft. Like we're seeing Kyle Pitts has been kind of the, the line of demarcation of the entire position. We'll get to him in a second, but like, you know, he Kyle Pitts was getting taken very high in redraft leagues. I think the days of that are over now because of Kyle Pitts. I think we can call it Pitts syndrome or something like that. No, 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 Fryer- <laughs> It's going to keep happening. It happens every well, year. It, it might, but I'm saying like Patty Fryermuth should probably be one of those guys that goes pretty high in the draft, but you're going to get him late because everybody's like, oh, the Steelers, oh, it's Patty Fryermuth. Who the hell is that? Like, he's just not, he's flying under the radar just so much that like right now you can get him cheap and he has, like he, he's already proven, a top five tight end potential. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking through the tight ends, sorry, Josh, but looking through the tight ends, I mean, if you really want to go through your list and say who could possibly be the next Kelsey, who has that ability to kind of fill that number one tight end role moving forward and stuff, obviously the potential of, I mean, Mark Andrews is there already. Kelsey is getting older. I would put Muth right at three or two as far as just potential for growth in that one. Yeah, and Freermuth, the thing is, if you drafted him in redraft, you're probably having a pretty good season right now, too. So you're yes. you're you're sitting there because you had a tight end all year who's been scoring at least consistently, uh, had one bad game here or there, and not a lot of tight ends have done that. We haven't even gotten to anyone that's really done it consistently this year. So, right. All right, on to number six, and that is my San Francisco 49ers. Just kidding. But San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle. Did Baker um, go to 49ers? Oh, no, right. Sorry. He did not. Um, so I'll take George Kittle just because I kind of had him lower. Um, obviously, I just don't trust Kyle Shanahan. I'll be the negative. You know, Josh has been negative. I'll be negative. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan and how he's used him consistently. We've all known and seen what George Kittle is and what he can do. And when Kyle Shanahan goes out of his way to use him in the offense, he is usually tied in one in each of those weeks and he's proven his ability his receiving he like runs like a gazelle with the hair flying behind him it's amazing to watch it's fun to watch him play um but the unfortunate position that you know Kyle Shanahan's put us in is that you can't trust anyone on this offense and I think next season um you know, albeit if they bring in, like you all were trying to talk earlier about Brady, if they bring in someone like that, maybe I'll like him a little bit more. But just with Trey Lance, I can't trust him because I don't trust Shanahan. I don't trust Trey Lance, but the fact that he's uh, tight end seven on the league and not playing until, what, week three and barely from those first few weeks playing, uh, getting back into the swing of things, this man is an absolute monster. Even having some off weeks, he's had – three 20 point performances and it's just phenomenal to watch Kittle. I feel like Kittle's flying under the radar in general. I think he should be a lot higher in my opinion. I think I had him the highest. I had him at number four, Joe had him at five and you had him at nine. So Kittle is one of those guys. It doesn't matter if he's on San Francisco or he's on the next team that he goes to Kittle's got three, four, five more years in him, And that's why he's higher for me than I think most people. Yeah. I mean, George Kittle's just steady. You know, he's always going to be there. He's as athletic as they come. He's always going to be featured or at least used in the offense. Um, You know, the injuries recently have become a little bit more of an issue as he gets older. So that's definitely something to monitor on. Um, I I mean, Kittle's, I had him at five. So 
I'm a big, uh, big fan of the Kittle. Big fan of the Kittle. Big fan of the Kittle. All right. We finally at the top five. And obviously Josh has been chomping at the bit to get to this one. But number five is Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. So this is why I, I let me just let me just talk about where he's ranked between the three of us. Joe and Billy both have him at seven. I have him at number three. And there's a reason why he's at number three. Yes, he's, he's a little a older. But the thing about Goddard is there's no one behind him. As we've seen these last three weeks without him, there is obviously a role in this offense that the Eagles are trying to fill right now. They're doing it well, fortunately with the combination of Quez Watkins, the tight ends and the running backs, but Dallas Goddard has a role on this offense with Jalen Hurts, with uh, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. He is part of the trio and a lot of people don't, a lot of tight ends don't get to be part of that trio. That's why he needs to be higher up this list. Um, I had him above a couple people we're about to talk about, but Goddard is going to have that role. He's one of the most consistent tight ends in the league right now under Travis Kelsey. Actually, he is the most uh, consistent tight end under Travis Kelsey. I believe he was tight end three before he got injured, and now he's at tight end six after not playing a few games. So this man deserves a lot more credit than seven. I was pretty irritated when I heard seven from both these guys. So Go ahead. Talk shit on Dallas Goddard. Well, I don't know Jerry, how you do you want to give it or you want me to? You give it, Billy. Okay, that's fine. Um no, it's it's nothing against Goddard. I really don't have any any real you know ill will towards him. I just believe his ceiling. I, I I think that this is his ceiling, which he's gotten a number three this year. Given, I just think that any you know the people that we put up before him all have a potentially higher ceiling than him. And it, it's not that you know there's anything wrong with Goddard. I think when he comes back, he's going to be fantastic. I do think Philly will address. Uh, tight end in the draft. They don't have a lot of holes on their offense, but I think the tight end will definitely be one that they look into. Not because, you know, they need to replace Goddard or anything, but just, just like you know, they, I think they were going to put somebody in that spot. The fact that he was getting 500 yards a season with Ertz there, that was just phenomenal. And now he's got, he got the reins last year, basically, and he hasn't looked back and he's not going to. Nope. Unfortunately, this is the same thing. Um, Nothing against Goddard. Same thing I said about A.J. Brown. It's just there are so many pieces on this offense. That's why I had Kittle lower, too. It's it's the fact that he's very steady, and he has been this year. Is it going to keep up? I don't know. But if you want to make the argument that Dallas Goddard's way more valuable than T.J. Hawkinson, I could hear it. If you want to hear a bunch of stuff, I don't have anything against Dallas Goddard. That's just how my list fell. That's fair. Yeah. One of the most hey, consistent tight ends in fantasy five's football. Five's not bad. All right, calm down, Homer. Five's right. up. To, he's there because of me. You're welcome. On Thank to you, a Dallas. far superior tight end who <laughs> definitely should be ahead of Dallas Goddard. <laughs> um, and that's number four, Kyle Pitts. Josh is not going to talk for a little bit of this one. It's just going to be me and Cho. So here's the thing about Kyle Pitts. And I know what everybody is saying out there about he's not consistent. His catch rate's a nightmare. Marcus Mariota sucks. Matt Ryan sucked last year. Like they, they're not giving him the best opportunity to succeed. Drake London was the best wide receiver in this draft class. Has he looked like it? No. And that is because this offense sucks. They have Cordell Patterson who like an ageless wonder out there, but they're not even using him properly. So it's just frustrating to watch the Falcons play football, knowing that they could be, the best team in the NFC South, but they just refuse to actually be competent at the offensive position. Like any of them, zero offensive positions are being used appropriately. And I am just, I don't know. It's just a pathetic excuse for an offense. And once they get a quarterback in there, once they get an actual offensive coordinator in there that knows what the hell they're doing, I think this offense will run through Kyle Pitts, will run through Drake London and these values that we thought he was going to be not that he wasn't that bad. You know, he was bad, wasn't bad last year. I think going forward in the future, we are only going to see the ascension of Kyle Pitts, 22 years old. He's got the whole world in front of him. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm with you there. There is, if Kyle Pitts was on any 20, there are like four teams that I don't think he would do anything different on, but like 28 other teams in the league, he would be in conversation for, you know, right up there with Andrews uh, behind yes. Kelsey on that yes. one it's he is an absolute stud athlete and any other team would figure out a way to just get him the ball every single play 
Arthur Smith, the Falcons, you guys are absolutely screwing us and change what you're doing immediately, please. Can I talk now? I'm going to mute you real quick. I actually had him. I muted myself because I I knew (laughs) I would interject. Uh, I had him at tight end six. I just want to put him there. I did put him a lot higher. And the reason is because there will probably be a future with him in it. Um, Three and four is what you guys have him at. So your beliefs aren't as high as you like to hope. But the problem is with Kyle Pitts is there's no foreseeable future as of right now. They could draft a quarterback. What if he gets injured? What if they don't? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What if they draft a bus What if they draft the next Josh Rosen? There's a problem here with me for Kyle Pitts is I am not trading for Kyle Pitts. I'm trading away Kyle Pitts. I hope you did that already before. Hopefully you listened to me before this season or during the season. Um, this is this. There's a potential here. He has the potential. We all know that we all see that. My problem with him was never that he's not good. My problem is that he was drafted too high in everything. In, in regular football and dynasty and in redraft it's it's is what it is and here he is hopefully that this writes the ship next year and hopefully i can don that kyle pitts jersey shirt that you guys bought me as a joke and it actually means something but right now it's a bad joke if i wear it somebody's gonna laugh at me i don't want to be laughed at in the streets people laugh at you anyway. oh yeah that's a whole other that's, thing but that's not you'll like this one before the season i traded pitts for dallas goddard in a first round pick in 2023 so to see how people, I mean, they're going to be down on him, but he did kind of start to break out this year. Very, very slightly. We mm. saw a little glimpse of it. Very one, slightly. One game? We're going to count good one, games there before he got hurt. Three catches he was, for a touchdown and 19 yards is not a good game. Outside of the Eagles, man. Well, if you watch the games, you saw him play well. But people are still outrageously overvaluing pits from any, other, any of these other tight ends. So you do bring up a good point that you could move and acquire some really good assets in the future if you moved on from Pitts. If you can buy low on him, go get him right now. Like that, yeah, that's you can buy low, thing. absolutely. If you if can sell high, going to just If they're done, if they're like, oh, this is never going to turn around, I'm just going to trade him. Go ahead and go snatch him now. But do not trade a, like, Patty Fryermuth in a second for Pitts. Like, don't do that. That is, that is silly stuff. Don't do that. Uh, any of the last three tight ends we talked about, do not trade them for Pitts. Keep exactly. those. If you want to trade Dolchich exactly. and Komet, or, or I don't even know about Komet, don't do that either. You can trade Dolchich or Njoku and Schultz or something like, like Trey that. Trey McBride, and... like, by all means, go for it. That is a perfectly tradable yeah, When Trey McBride has his one breakout game this year, because you know it's coming, flip him for Pitts. But I, I mean, say, if somebody if somebody is completely done with Pitts and they're like, you know what, I'm ne- I don't want him on my team. He's not useful. I don't want him. Go try to leverage that person into trading him to you for absolutely nothing because he is worth something. And as soon as they install a good offense around him, or not even a good offense, just a quarterback, just a one singular quarterback on the team that can throw the football inappropriate uh, appropriately then we're going to actually get to see the Kyle Pitts value. The, okay. My only, my only, I want to, I want to end this with one other thing. My only other sure. thing about Pitts is sure. Mariota's looked bad, but you think that Pitts would at least be in the game plan or Pitts would make Mariota look better. That didn't happen. I don't know whether he gave up. Arthur or he just Smith didn't. came out and said, we're not, we're not playing fantasy football. I, we don't even care. Arthur Smith, that you're not playing fantasy football. We Third know your best option. You, you are literally not playing offense. Well, like we can there are some games walk. where they don't even use Drake London. No, not know. the time or the place, but Drake London actually does not look good. He, and not only not only because of that, he has dropped a lot of balls. I'm t- we, okay. He doesn't we're, expect we're, him to be accurate. We're not going to get. We're not going to keep on this. Mar- Marcus Mariota can barely complete. I think me or you or Joe, or any of us, could look better than Marcus Mariota's looked. And I am. All right, we'll get to this in the game previews. Let's keep it going. Yes. All right. On to number three. We had to get the Kyle Pitts discussion out, but number three is TJ Hawkinson of the Minnesota Vikings. So there's two TJ Hawkinsons here. This is the Detroit Lions Hawkinson that you're seeing on the screen. If you're watching the YouTube video, uh, we got seven, eight, seven, five, ten, thirty nine, one traded eight. Oh, sorry. Minnesota Vikings, TJ Hawkinson, eight, 11, 16, 11, eight, 15, seven, two differences here consistency on minnesota i am actually very happy to see minnesota actually using tj hawkinson too and it's it's something that i do not see changing i mean he just is such a presence in the middle of the field and that's clearly what they're using him for is the short ones they're not with all the attention that justin jefferson grabs and and thielen's on the tail end of his career but even if they get another receiver in there all the attention that those guys command 
Hawkinson's going to be open all the time, so he's going to be a target sponge. I love TJ Hawkinson. I think this is going to be a two-man situation with Hawkinson on one side, or, you know, Hawkinson getting his share and then Jefferson getting his share, and that's just, like, how this offense is going to go. I actually put him at number two because I don't think we've even touched the floor of Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson can end up better then, I mean, I think next season is going to be the season TJ Hawkinson finishes ahead of Travis Kelsey. And I think the crown will be, you know, officially passed. Not this season. Obviously, we see what it is. But I'm saying next season, I think TJ Hawkinson and our number one player will take over the Travis Kelsey crown. But Hawkinson, young kid, looks amazing. He's finally in an offense that is appropriate and using him in that way. Um, he's on a good team. So it, it's just awesome to see Hawkinson finally getting realized for what his worth should be. I don't know about next year, but definitely if there's going to be someone to pass the torch to, it looks like it's going to be TJ Hawk. Uh, me sure. and Joe had him at number five and four. So we were right in the middle of the pack. Uh, probably should have been higher on him looking back, but two, I love, I love your strategy there, Billy, putting him up at two and already talking about him dethroning the, the King. Oh yeah. All right. Well, on to the actual number two in our list. And that is, the ageless wonder for the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey. I mean, do we even have to talk about this other than his I don't age? really know what more we need to say. He's older, but he's shown absolutely zero signs of throwing down. He's still hurling motherfuckers out there. I mean, Travis Kelsey is the truth. And until he shows us otherwise, you are immediately heads and tails above your competition if you have this man in your lineup. Absolutely ridiculous. How many three touchdown games does he have this year? Like three of them? Too many. It's it's obnoxious what Travis Kelsey does for your team. Just the advantage that he gives your team in that tight end slot. You're comfortable. You're happy. Ride it to the wheels fall off. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you can trade him. Seeing all those ones there, um, I actually had – this is my number one tight end for Dynasty, and you want to know why? Because Dynasty is also about the now, and I don't see it stopping. At this point, I mean, obviously this year has been just ungodly and he'll probably break some some sort of record, maybe his own uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I don't see it stopping. I mean, there's no one there to take the torch and Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid. The three of them are not going not no one's parting from that three. It is the Holy Trinity. It was they were sad to see Tyreek go, but they couldn't afford him. Kelsey is a lifelong chief. He's not going anywhere like there's no way Kansas City can let him go. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. Travis Kelsey's still probably got two or three seasons in him, even if even him tailing off would be better than about six or seven tight, you know, it's still tight end six or seven in the league. I mean, he is so far and above every other tight end that's playing football right now. It's It's just comical to look at his stats versus everyone else. And here's the thing. Every year in the offseason, with this podcast is a victim to it as well, we say – how are the Chiefs going to throw the on offense? How are they going to move the ball? What wide receiver is going to break out? Like, how are they going to do this? And it seems to be the same formula every year. And it does not matter that everyone knows it's coming because nobody can freaking stop it. And it's happening every single season. The answer is so simple. It's it's right there. It's Travis Kelsey. Yes, nope. it literally like we try to make puzzles and do backflips to figure out if Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be worth it this year. And no, it's Kelsey. And it's the other guys like that's really what the receiving core is on that team. All right. On to number one. This is the crown jewel that we have of tight end because we think he is just now hitting his prime for the Baltimore Ravens. And that is Mark Andrews. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I absolutely love Mark Andrews. And I think the thing about Mark Andrews and why he's so similar to Kelsey is because he's the only target on the team. I mean, at this point, he's the only player on the team. And even like with Lamar out for a week or two, maybe more, um, Mark Andrews is literally still the only person on the team. Um, and the thing is, he's still going to do it. They're still going to feature him in the offense. Um, I did have Kelsey above him for the simple fact that Kelsey is just the goat at the moment. But there's nothing to hate on about Mark Andrews. There is some. There's going to be some down weeks. It's no one's Travis Kelsey. They can't put up 50 every point every week. Um, so. Mark Andrews, not a whole lot to say here. And I know why he's number one in Billy's eyes. See that Oklahoma staring <laughs> on the right side there. Hey, I loved big Mark Andrews when he was in Oklahoma. Yeah, he's he's number one for, I would say, safety purposes. You know, it's hard to put a 33-year-old tight end at number one, but 
Mark Andrew has a very defined role in that offense. You know, Tyler Huntley still got nine points with him last year or last week. I'm sorry, but you know, they're going to have to put another piece in this offense to help Mark Andrews and that will help his stats ultimately. But I still can't believe they traded Marquise Brown. I know it's not the time or the place, but it is hard to believe. Um, what I mean, obviously, Mark Andrews is everything that we were hoping that he would be. I, I still cannot believe that season. They drafted Hayden Hurst above Mark Andrews. They actually drafted both of them. I was absolutely floored because I was like, these two guys aren't even remotely similar. So I'm glad that that shook out the way that it should. Hayden but Hurst is actually is, playing pretty decent football, though, right now. So don't, I mean, obviously, no, I'm saying not as in good that as Mark offense, Andrews. it was clear one of them was going to break out and the other one wasn't. I'm saying, though, then in this particular instance, Travis Kelsey is the number one option on Kansas City. Mark Andrews is the number one you know, option on the Ravens. I, that is why they're going to be one, two in almost everybody's rankings from here on out. I had Hawkinson up there, but it's hard to argue when you're literally arguing against the number one options for teams. And here's the other thing. Most years, this year has not been one of them, but most years the Baltimore Ravens have a very, very amazing high-flying offense, and the Chiefs also have amazing high-flying offense. And it's running through tight ends. I don't know who needs to tell this to every other team in the NFL. that, like, hey, if you have a freak of nature playing at the tight end position, you're going to be pretty darn good. The Eagles, for example, have using Goddard in a similar you know situation. That and utilize Ertz for years. I mean, they've always been on the tight exactly, end. Exactly, but I'm saying like they they've been a good offense. But this year in particular, they were you know number one offense for a long time. The Lions, at the beginning of the season, number one offense, utilizing a tight end as the wide receiver one. I just, like, these aren't hard concepts. I just don't get why more teams don't understand that if you have a tight end as either your first option or your second option, your team's going to be really good because that matchup, you know, they're going to be covered by a linebacker. That's a nightmare for a linebacker to cover a 6'6 or 6'5 night, you know, gigantic human that's trying to catch a football i just and they've tried these they've tried these hybrid safety linebackers too to help cover tight ends and we've seen how that's gone it it hasn't gone they still still have a ridiculous matchup on there but i mean ultimately you can put a lot of these guys in any order and we did you know tight ends an absolute war zone this year Uh, but if you have any you know trey mcbride we're gonna wait on him but if you got 11 through one on our list here, you're very happy with what you have. You are absolutely set at tight end and um, yeah, be very happy with any of these guys right now. Exactly. All right. There are people um, that have it a lot worse. We won't keep people up too much longer. Um, I know that this has already gone. This segment's already been 40 minutes, so we won't deep dive into the, the tight ends we left out, but I'll just mention a few names. And if you guys have something to comment on them about, just let me know. We got Darren Waller, Dawson Knox, Daniel Bellinger, Gerald Everett, Mike Gesicki, Jelani Woods, Cade Otten, any of those guys that you think maybe we are too low on right now? The problem would make our list. Yeah, well, the problem, I I might put Cade Otten in there if I knew Brady was going to play for two more years or be on Tampa Bay for two more years because he's looking really phenomenal. Um, I could have swapped him out with McBride. He's actually playing right now. He's actually playing pretty well, Um, although Brady is still on that team too, so there's a whole headache there. Yeah. Um, I think the one on this list that I'm I wish wouldn't have gotten a catastrophic eye injury, and that's Daniel Bellinger. He probably yeah. would have been 13 on my list had that not happened. I just need to see what and how his game is going to adapt after that. He did come back last week, which is, I mean, um, absolutely a Herculean effort. But just like, you know, I, I, I probably would have put him 13 had I known exactly how the rest of his career is going to play out after that. You want to you want to see you want to see what he does. I do want to see. I did have Bellinger at thirteen. He's clearly part of that offense. I mean, they they literally locked him in. He has a role. He was gone. He came back. He's right back in that role. Really like him. Uh, Jelani Woods. He had a hundred yard game this year. He's had two or multiple two touchdown games now. Absolute monster of a human being. Kate Otten has looked really good. I'm got to put Okwankwu in there, man. He finally had a good game last week. I've been hyping this dude up all year. Uh, He's someone to keep an eye on for sure. Um, But uh, there's lots of guys in here. And guys in Dynasty, just always always acquire tight ends. Keep them rolling. Throw them on the taxi squad. Throw them on the end of your bench. Because you never know when an injury is going to really unlock kind of a diamond in the rough. It's one of those positions that doesn't get the love from the fantasy analyst masses. So, 
they kind of come out of nowhere. And the more you can get these guys on your roster, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, and, and especially in Dynasty, I draft like three or four tight ends each year. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I had Dawson Knox at one point. I dropped him at for Brian Burns actually randomly. Fun fact is my alarm on my phone still says drop Knox for Burns because I woke up at like 3 a.m. to make that pick up. But, I mean, you pick up Jelani Woods. You pick up uh, – Dolchich was a perfect example of that. Um, there are these tight ends at the end of the list because no, t- most tight ends don't end up with a whole lot of yards in college. So people see the stats and they go, oh, there's that one good tight end, a.k.a. Trey McBride. Like, oh, my God, and these stats don't even really pop off the page in college stats. So it's just one of those things. Pick up a couple tight ends and stash them. You never know what can happen. It will. All right. No one had in- Taysom Hill on their list. It's upsetting. It's, it's hard. Um, <laughs> if Sean Payton was still there and he still had the blackmail, maybe. Um, I will, we will end this segment with, there is going to be a first round tight end this season. Um, and we'll dive in more into him as we go on. So there is somebody that potentially in dynasty drafts will be drafted in the first round of maybe even the dynasty draft, not just the first round of the NFL draft. So that, you know, maybe more help on the way. So if you are kind of hurting a tight end, it does look like there's at least one in the pipeline to, uh, add to your team right away. That will be a name. So. Joe, get us out of here. Good night. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.